what was the question that he uh that he posed to you because you mentioned six something about six thousand dollars what you would do with it oh we were talking he was uh he brought up the idea that he was he has a buddy who like does a lot of investing and does a lot of different different sorts of things in the stock market involved with that and such and he was talking about taking a loan mm-hmm. to do investments and mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily make sense in what you would be doing in that so what i mean by that is when you're looking to you don't want to you don't want to take out a loan especially mm-hmm. a high interest rate loan yeah. to do investing because it doesn't make sense in that in that particular means yeah. especially when you have a small amount of money such as six thousand mm-hmm. dollars what ends up happening is the opportunity cost which is basically the cost of which it costs to borrow money which is the interest rate yep it's too big. Like he was looking at like a 28% like APR. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Especially considering most of those loans are very short term loans. They're like generally two to two to four years, 24 exactly. to 48 months. And so it doesn't make sense to, because the, the chances of you gaining on that capital, even if you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you would have to generally be day trading to be continuously making money. Right. And not only is that, could that be very volatile, but yeah. it's just not worth you, you would end up paying almost $1,500 in interest. Damn, just from a $6,000 loan? Correct. Over the time I don't period. believe in day trading personally, like, because I follow Warren Buffett a lot. Uh-huh. And, you know, his strategy is like, when you're buying stocks, you're buying a piece of America. And For that's sure. kind of got to be the mindset behind it. It's more of it. a long-term aspect. Yeah, exactly. When he invests, he invests for a long-term. And it's obviously easier for him as well because he has so much money and so much capital mm-hmm. that when you're able to invest on that large of a scale, <laughs> it's just simply easier, right? Like I was telling him, right? Investing $6,000 is great. And mm-hmm. sure, that's great for your future. But when you invest that kind of money, you have to think more long-term as opposed to short-term because mm-hmm. it's like a grind. I compared yes. it to like we were talking about with poker mm-hmm. in that day trading is a lot like that in that you're not looking to make the big come up. You're not looking to hit the jackpot. Exactly. What you're doing is you're, you're making small marginal gains over time yes. repeatedly without trying to lose. Exactly. And so it can be very stressful because it can be high variance. It can be very volatile. So it's it's just about how much you know about that knowledge and markets because I don't know a ton about day trading. Yeah. But I have friends who do it. Yeah. But they have large sums of money. Yeah. And they've been doing it for a really long time. They've had people who have basically mentored them to where they got to today. Mm-hmm. And it's just so scary. It's terrifying to put like six thousand dollars isn't a lot of money, right? It yeah. is, but it isn't. Right. It's not like if I lost six thousand dollars right now. Mm-hmm. I'd be fucking sad. <laughs> I would not be stoked. I would not be a happy camper. But it wouldn't be like, all right, baby, the ship's gone. I got to jump off the right. roof. It's not that bad. It's not the end of the world, right? It sucks, but we, we'll make it. Right. But it's still a large sum of money. So you mm-hmm. don't want to lose that, especially when you, like, we're not big time here. We're not like out here, you know, Warren Buffett status. But exactly. you know, what we're trying to do, as I'm sure all of us are, is we're all young young men and women, we're trying to build towards our future. Because obviously, we see those people who have done it over time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we live in a completely different age, right? Warren Buffett had an advantage of where like, yo, not a lot of people went to college back then. Not a lot of people. We live in a much more competitive marketplace, especially even just in the job, Mm -hmm. even in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But you you think about it now, everybody has a degree almost. Like every other person you run into has a degree. Everybody. It's hard to compete. Do you, do you yourself have a degree? Yes, I have a, I have a bachelor's in economics from Wayne State. Okay. So, but like even that's like hardly nothing. Now, now mm-hmm. you got to have your master's. Now you got to have like, you got to have a PhD just to people like really, really take you seriously. 
or you got to just be in front of the right people. What do you think the future of like, you know, nine to fives is? Because we talked about the fact that, you know, automation is just going to like take everything over. Like, so, yeah. What, what, what do you like, the future? What's, what's the future of work is the scariest thing ever. OK, so this is you can draw parallels to a lot of weird moments in history. a la like the Renaissance era in Europe. Mm-hmm. Right. We've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of art and a lot of different sorts of which that was automation, but it was a different kind of automation. It was mm. slavery. Mm-hmm. So when you see those in the Roman times and obviously in America, when you see those those moments of where people just have lots of free time and lots of good things actually come out of that, yeah. albeit terrifying things. Right. Because yeah. when you have so much automation, when you have so many things like that, people don't have a lot of free time or mm-hmm. people have way too much free time. Sorry. So they have tons of time to work on different things. It's just not work. In mm-hmm. economics, they call that creative destruction, right? Okay. If we have automation taking almost all of our jobs, what will happen to America? Will we create new jobs? Right. Will we create new avenues of work for people? Will we have different avenues like we also talked about with uh, the, what was it? The basic income. Oh, BMI. Yeah, yeah the BMI. B, the, uh, was it like BUI, something like that? Yeah, something basic like Basic universal income? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basic universal income where, where you just pay people a standard rate just for being alive, <laughs> uh, which I agree with. I mean, eventually we will probably see those levels. Mm-hmm. What you never know, right? Because we never th- people thought the car would be the end all be all, right? They thought it would automate too much, and that people we wouldn't have horses no more and all that <laughs> thing. But we always found something new, right? People thought the same exact thing with the computers. Yeah. We always found new jobs. It's just a matter of what we're going to find mm-hmm. post once manual labor jobs are deleted. Yeah. Once once that gets rooted out by automation mm-hmm. what will we then do to people who just simply aren't that skilled mm-hmm. or just don't have which this isn't no like slight towards these people yeah. but there are obviously people who are just skilled at manual labor who are skilled at hard working jobs yeah, but eventually true. a lot of those jobs will just go by the wayside because a robot will do it or right. some sort of automation will take most of it mm-hmm. and that's not even to say just like what we do won't be automated one yeah. day it's, it's about really how we're going to segue those people the uneducated, mm-hmm. the people who are less talented, the people who have less skills, the people who just have le- the, pe- the less fortunate. What are we going to do to make sure that it's a moral quandary? What are we going to yeah. make sure to do that those people don't get left behind? Yeah. Obviously, there will be some sorts of retraining, but obviously some people just don't got it in them. So it, yeah. That's why like a lot of times when you see, like especially with factory work in America, right? Yeah. You see a lot of people who are just a lot of older dudes who are just like, no, this just isn't like I can't find anything to do because they can't find jobs that will pay them what they were used to while doing something that's worthwhile. And Did it's you very see difficult. The auto crisis in India, like no. tens of thousands of workers being laid off at those auto plants. It, it makes sense. I mean, that yeah. that's kind of what happens. Right. And so that's th- those crises will eventually happen in a lot of different fields, especially in America. Right. Because mm-hmm. the second it's a cost benefit analysis that it's worth for let's let's just take uh, Chrysler for example. Mm-hmm. The second we have the technology, which we are pretty close to do, where they can automate almost every system they have, yeah. and to where the technology is cheap enough and it costs less mm-hmm. over time. There's like a calculation in economics, but I don't remember. But once it's costly enough mm-hmm. to where you can do that and just replace people with it, and so that way you can do that, they're yeah. going to do it. Right. It's just a it's- simple fact of. The second they can, the second it's costly, mm-hmm. it's going to happen, right? We've seen it in a different exactly. manner of shipping jobs overseas to Mexico or shipping them to China. Right. It was cost effective enough to do that, even though they had to uproot thousands or millions of dollars worth of capital, yes. buildings, etc. 
it was worth it because they can make those cars and vehicles so much cheaper, cheaper. albeit at the cost of American jobs and at the cost of the American economy. But businesses don't look at that. That's yeah. sort of the that's sort of why we have the the modern era of like millennials being so against capitalism in its current form because yeah. the millennials are being left behind. Pretty They're, much. For a, a lot of millennials, it's just simply are. A lot of us have education. A lot of us work really hard, mm-hmm. but we don't have the same oppor- <clears throat> We don't have the same opportunities that our like fathers or grandfathers had. Yeah. Whereas my dad could get a job at Ford, coming straight out of high school, or even dropping out and mm-hmm. making enough money to buy a house. Exactly, if he wanted yeah. to buy a, multiple cars, he could. And they had that opportunity, right? We get out of college, and it's hard for us to find a job right. over fifteen dollars an hour. Yeah, it's difficult. It's just, especially going back to also the competitiveness mm-hmm. of the job market. I know I segued a little, but I think what yeah. we will see in the future of the nine to five, yeah, is hopefully we will see some positive creative destruction. We will see. I, I think it is positive. We will see. Yeah. We will see over the long run. We will find new things for people to do. Yeah, and also we'll see more art. We'll see more music. We'll see yes. more. Hopefully, philosophy, things of that nature, more political discourse in a positive manner mm-hmm. than ever. Hopefully. I think so. And because like like what I read about 20, 30, 70 million U.S. jobs will be automated. Yeah. This is why I feel like personal branding is just like so much more important now, because in 10 years, that's the only thing that's going to give you leverage when you're looking for a job. Like if I can look you up. And like your brand is well represented online. It's social capital. Exactly. So they do like, that in China now. It's kind of scary, actually. Really? Yeah. There's like <laughs> there's social media ask websites. Yes. In which people can rate you. Yes. La, like, do they yes. think you're like a good person? Right. But that's a slippery slope. That can be it, scary. With it could that be. comes very negative connotations. Like of, a personal feedback. Exactly. System. But it's also just think about how much that can be used for a negative aspect. Think mm-hmm. about how much. Just because of the color of your skin or just because you're a woman that maybe your social capital isn't worth it. We see it nowadays, right? right? It's just directed in a different manner. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily a hard quantifiable. Mm -hmm. It's just all white dudes being racist and not wanting to hire black guys. You know what I'm saying? So Uh it's just like you see that statistically, right? So there was a cool thing in if you've ever read the book Freakonomics. It's like a wacky book about like crazy economic theories and stuff. But they did a statistical analysis of dudes with ethnic sounding names. And so they literally took white-ass names and they took ethnic names and they compared job applications with nothing different other than their names. And the names with ethnic-sounding names got called back like 50% less. Wow. Strictly just based on the name, right? <laughs> so if you had Eddie versus like – I can't think of a fucking name off the top of my head. But like just anything, right? Like let's even just say – Anything, bro. Anything that just doesn't sound like – John, or yeah, like Terry, one syllable, you know, right? like just a normal ass name, like it was viewed way less distinctive, yeah. and so you can see those things. Mm-hmm. And that's where those social capital concepts are very scary. Is that mm-hmm. people shouldn't be judged necessarily on certain things. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, it can get a slippery slope, and people can just view you simply just based on those facts. It already happens now, but it yeah. would be, it could. You never know, man. It could be one of those things that's positive because it's more out in the open. Yeah. And it's more transparent. More transparent. But it's still scary. Yeah, it's it, it scary. is. It one is. person could not like you for, like, you having a bad day. Yeah, you have a And you're fucked, mm-hmm. which is a terrible thing. And they could just rate you negative. Like, yeah. I had a this bad. guy's a piece of shit. Guy's he a got, loser. He got, he got angry because cut him off. It's like, but people do that all the time, right? Yeah. People, like, I've had people tell me they literally thought I was an asshole. 
or just like goofy things I said, like literal jokes that weren't even like casual. I'd just be like, hey, I'd just say something like coy or like off the cuff, just being like, hey, nice shoes or something. Like just as a joke, even though it was like a friend's friend, right? Yeah. They were like, I hated you for years because of stuff like that. I'm like, bro, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a troll. Like I'm a jokester. Like obviously I meant nothing ill will, but sometimes, you know, you joke around a little bit. For sure. And you, that could fuck you. Yeah. It's just terrifying. And so, like, I was, I was more so meaning too in the aspect of, let's say, I'm a guy like, because um, I teach, I teach forex as well. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm in, a, in the middle of like building a community around what I teach. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, X amount of followers um, usually, you know, equals leverage. So if once I built this community and I'm at like, let's say, let's just speak hypothetically, hundred thousand followers, right? Yeah. And I come into your establishment because I'm looking for a job. I just, you know, maybe I just want to be a customer service rep at this point. But mm-hmm. I tell you, hey, you know, I, um, you know, I do, you know, I deal with, you know, customers oh, all the sure. time. I deal with people all the time. As a matter of fact, you can check my Instagram where I, where I have over 100 million people in my community or, you know, just mm-hmm. and this is just real hypothetical. But I think that gives you leverage, 100%. like I said, moving forward. It shows that you can do something effectively and build a brand and build a mm-hmm. market, build you can make yourself marketable, mm-hmm. whether that be yourself brand or something else. That's mm-hmm. very exactly. valuable to exactly. businesses, especially nowadays. Like just think about like how much like businesses and politicians as well. Yeah. They're fucking stupid when it comes to engaging people on social media yes. and the public. Right they're Because most of them are older. Let's just exactly. get it out in the water. Exactly. Right? Let's just look at shit like Joe Biden is doing right now. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden is literally shooting himself in the foot left, right, and center at any opportunity he gets because yeah, he's saying he's things up, that you could say like maybe like 20 years ago that would make sense. But nowadays you're like, fuck, you can't say that. Dude. What do you say? Poor kids are equal to like. Or, no, he, yeah, he said, he said like, yeah, you know, hopefully poor kids have the same opportunities as white kids. And you're like, bro, we know what you mean what by you that. Say? That's not like. Like, you fucked up, dude. Or, yeah. like, Kamala Harris posted a tweet. Uh, I'm not very familiar with uh, Islam. So she posted, like, one of the uh, one of the sayings for people for Islam. Mm-hmm. And then right afterwards, she posted a picture. Yeah, and I got my pork chop from this restaurant. It's like, you got to be smarter you than that. You have to be smarter. In the smarter. age of, two, like, it's 2019. You have yes. to be, like, like, like I said, I don't know a lot about Islam. Mm-hmm. And I don't know a lot about Muslim culture, mm-hmm. but I, there's a few things I know, right? Yeah, there's exactly. a few commonalities that you know exactly. you got to kind of dodge. It's one of those things, it's like, especially in social media and especially how we engage, especially clientele and people, you have to be smarter than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Quicken Loans is guilty of it. They yeah, had that Quicken fuck Loans. up with the, the Detroit poster where there was like no black people in it. And they were just like, <laughs> people were, were in an uproar because it's like, you realize <laughs> like, the demographics of Detroit include black yes, people, you gotta, right? You got to you know, be mindful of these things. You, you have to be very aware of these things. Yes. Like every company needs to pay attention to both your relations and especially how you handle yourself on social yes, media absolutely. more than ever. Absolutely, and those are valuable sub substacks that millennials are very understderstanding of and in control of we have a different because we grew up in that we grew, we grew up, up in it exactly we grew up our on parents didn't have yeah. that my dad doesn't know how to fucking use facebook exactly my dad doesn't know how to use twitter my dad doesn't know what instagram is exactly but so this stuff is so it. brand new bro this is so brand it's new. so valuable like the fact that the internet is in our pocket now that shit is unheard of well the fact that you just have a machine that can do almost anything in your pocket this should be a billion dollars bro yeah we talked about that <laughs> it's absolutely insane absolutely underpriced for sure like and then i think about like you know like you know tech giants and like you know just you know silicon valley being the capital of technology like 
we don't really get to con- you know get to control how it like shapes our lives in a way but we have mm-hmm. to understand that evolution is moving in a direction mm-hmm. you either adapt or you just you just f- you fold you, yeah technology is more important than ever and this is one thing like when i have kids there's two things i'm going to teach my children how to do mm-hmm. i'm going to teach them other languages that including like basic coding languages uh java python things of that nature yeah. and i'm going to teach them how to play music because mm-hmm. i think those two things open a lot of doors music for just the simple idea that music teaches you music teaches you a lot of things about just how you can operate as a human being whether that be mathematically physically or spiritually Mm -hmm. because playing music is a very technical science you are very constrained by a certain amount of chords Mm -hmm. on a certain amount of timing Mm -hmm. to make something sound effective yes which is both mathematical logical but also spiritual in that you Music, you can play the most consistent, proper 4-4 timing on the drums, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can have the perfect you know, notes on your guitar, piano, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But there's something else in that that you just can't define. It, it has both logic and it has both soul. Yeah. Those things, I think, are so important for your learning process and truly understanding how things work, right? right. That's sort of what's missing from not, not our generation, mm-hmm. but like the generation post us slightly yeah. because everything's so... It's too technology-based. I didn't even consider that. Because you think about it, right? Like, kids don't even like... Like, I'm picking up my phone right now, but like... Right. And we're having a conversation. Right. And I'm sitting here texting, right? right. I'm checking my Twitter right now. <laughs> right. This is what kids do. Right. And sure, we're engaged. And sure, we're talking to an extent, right? Yeah. But they're not truly engaged. You're not truly paying attention to that. You mm-hmm. miss out on that. You miss out on the people aspect, the mm-hmm. social aspect. The, yeah. The, the realism. Mm. That's the scariest thing about it. It is, it is. And you know, that's why I always bring up Gary V because yeah. he mentioned actually the same topic. He was like, he was like, you know, you guys don't think millennials are that social. He was like, they're actually more social than ever. Oh, they are. He was like, do y'all remember when it was 4.30 p.m. on a Tuesday? What y'all used to do? Y'all went outside and y'all fucking swung from a tree on a tire. Mm-hmm. Now these kids are interacting with the world yeah. fr- from their bedrooms, you know what I mean? And they didn't have that opportunity. But... With that comes a downfall. Okay. There's two sides of that technology, right? It's yeah. a balance. What we need to figure out is how we can get kids. And this isn't to be like some like old head, like just being like, you damn kids back in my day. You know, <laughs> what it is is just that those sorts of social anxieties and those problems will yeah. eventually bite them in the long run, right? It'll be difficult for them when they have to go to job interviews. It'll yeah. be, well, it won't be difficult. It'll be more difficult. But that isn't something that's necessarily a bad thing, obviously. It, everything <laughs> comes with a price, right? Everything, everything has, a has price. an opportunity cost. For sure. We always say Absolutely. That. It's interesting. I'm looking forward to see how that shit's going to turn out. The like, kids are going to be doing Fortnite dances and job <laughs> interviews. It's going to be lit, bro. I can't wait. I'm going to be like interviewing a kid. He's going to be like, yeah, and I can do this Fortnite dance and this Fortnite dance. Yeah. So, just, so yeah, exactly. So, like, whatever. I just, I'm, just, I'm curious to see how it evolves because if it's one thing I know, I know, you know, our, con- our country itself was, was built on capitalism. And I know you probably seen the man who built America, right? No, um, it's a it's a very good series. Um, it, but it talks about you know guys like Carnegie, Vanderbilt, Rockefeller, okay. and Big you know dogs. those guys those was rich like, motherfuckers. Man, you know business was really cutthroat in their time. It still is. All of that competing that they was doing, like they didn't. I don't know if they knew that they was creating, but they were really creating industry here in America. Mm-hmm. Jobs and shit was un, really unheard of for real. Like yeah. until they at came, that level, right? At that level, especially exactly. with the industrial revolution and how I mean, the industrial revolution is the automation of our era, right? The the steam engine, mm-hmm. 
and things of that nature were the computers of their era. Exactly. They were they were truly impactful. And didn't even know it. They were too busy competing. <laughs> they were too busy building gnarly shit, bro. Yes. They were too busy changing the world for better or worse. Right. On how we view it. I mean, who's to say really? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, when we talk that's the interesting thing, we we go back on how uh millennials and capitalism how there's just like this huge hatred mm-hmm. for capitalism and i sort of touched on this with you the other day when we were talking and that capitalism isn't okay it's mildly flawed but every economic system is flawed yeah. when we look at economics as a whole it's a lot of fucking theory mm-hmm. it's a lot of like i think more often than not this is what happens but there's obviously occurrences <laughs> in which you just can't explain things there's too many moving parts in an economy for mm-hmm. you to be able to properly predict everything right there's certain things that we hold pretty true involved in there mm-hmm. but a lot of things can just be gnarly and crazy and wacky and mm-hmm. so it's very difficult we have a lot of talks about socialism we have a lot of talks about capitalism their effectiveness is et cetera et cetera mm-hmm. what, and a lot of people have a problem with socialism just because people hate people getting free shit yeah. That's why people will have such that's why people will get so salty at universal basic income. Mm-hmm. They're just scared that someone isn't working for you know, that that money. They're, and they're, they're not, taking advantage they this, of they have this shitty like super Protestant work ethic <laughs> that like yeah, I'd never take breaks and I never <laughs> I never take a drink of water while I'm right. on the floor. It's like right. no dude, right. like at the end of the day, capitalism is all about who can get rich off of who? Mm-hmm. It's it's a very simple game, right? We work at Quicken Loans. Dan Gilbert is making money off of every single one of us. Right. It's just a simple fact of the matter. He has the he had the business venture, he had the ideas, and he had the capital to do so. That's right. He's built that over time. So therefore, you know, we are essentially his minions. We do his bidding for mm-hmm. him for a wage, and he obviously makes more than what we make an hour off of us. Right. That's why whenever I tell somebody when you're making money. You deserve more no matter what you think because Absolutely. there's no way you're not producing more yeah. than what they're paying you. Mm-hmm. You just simply would not have a job if that's the case. For it sure. It wouldn't work. For sure. Now, when we get into the socialism aspect, people are always like, oh, it, we should be in a socialistic country. We should move towards more of that. And whereas I agree, we should have some more socialistic tendencies, right? We see things like – we see countries like Norway and all those Nordic countries, Sweden and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They pay a lot of money for taxes. They pay a lot of money in taxes so that they have a lot of benefits. None of these will ever work perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. We will never have a capitalistic society, a socialistic society, a communistic society – fully complete in their forms Mm -hmm. that will work properly because at the end of the day humans are fucked (laughs) at the end of the day at the end of the day people are selfish and not necessarily for the wrong reasons right you yourself are programmed as a human and an instinct to survive that is just instinct over time number one we are literally animals and we are programmed to do that so unless we learn Stephen Hawkins wrote about it. Unless we learn to change the fact that we are the center of the universe, you yourself are the entire entity of your existence, mm-hmm. then none of those systems will ever work. Because everybody will always want more than somebody else. Everybody mm-hmm. will always be selfish to a certain extent. To a certain extent because right. we're programmed to survive. to survive. Because now we don't have to go hunting. We don't have to go out there and kill a boar to survive for the next week for us and our tribe. Exactly. We simply have to just make money. Right. That's our form of hunting. Right. And sure, we want to do that more than the other people so that we will survive, so that our bloodline will survive. Right. 
That's why those systems are flawed. To an extent, there are obviously problems with capitalism in that it is generally exploitative, but almost any system is over the long term because corruption breeds ex- exploitation. For sure. But capitalism is the worst proponent of it. That's yeah. why that's why capitalists or social democratic socialism country or socially democratic countries <laughs> tend to be more successful because yeah. it combines a lot of both aspects and allows people to have the freedom of helping out those who are less fortunate mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And those are the happiest fucking people on earth. People in Sweden are the happiest fucking people on earth. Making they, less, right. They get 50% of their taxes taken away from them. Right. That's a lot of fucking money. That is. That, if you told any American, we're going to take 50% of your taxes. Be <laughs> they would lose salty it. Salty as shit. But it's not that crazy. It's mm-hmm. 17% more than what you pay now, pretty yeah. much. Like the average American probably pays around... 30% in taxes, mm-hmm. right? It, after the Trump tax plan, it's probably like 28, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it's in that range, right? But think about how fucked roads are in Michigan. Think about <laughs> like how much our car insurance is. Right. Think about all these different things that suck. Yes. If we could fi- fix those things, I'd pay 50% in taxes. I'm one of those weird people, bro. Like, I'm okay with taxes. Now, I don't control the amount of it, but like because I read a book by Ben Franklin. Right. And he said, you know, if 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 the if the taxes imposed on us by the government was the only taxes that we had to pay as human beings, then we might be well off. But he said you you tax twice by your own idleness. So when you you know, when you're sitting up at the crib being lazy, not doing shit with your life, that's a tax. Now, I don't know what degree Mm -hmm. that taxes you to maybe on a spiritual plane you're being taxed. But that's a tax. It's a (laughs) <laughs> it's it goes back to the the phrase the opportunity cost your uh-huh. opportunity cost of you sitting around and smoking weed all day and not doing shit that's t- is that you're just not making money yes that you're getting taxed mm-hmm. you're just not having the ability to do those things and he said you tax three times as much by your own foolishness so like not even having an open mind wanting to learn new things or expand your knowledge grow a new skill set for the coming economy mm-hmm. that's the tax as well for sure so it's like the government taxes is not the worst thing in the world. I know I'm not the one out there building the roads. I didn't put that damn pavement on the ground. I didn't put that street there. I didn't put the light there. I didn't organize none of that. The but only I scary thing the only scary thing about that is as much as I'd love to pay fifty percent in taxes and have all my shit fixed, is that unfortunately that's just not the case in America because our government is very corrupt. Like mm-hmm. as we've seen in America, our democratic system is terrifying right mm-hmm. now. It's scarier than ever. Maybe mm-hmm. it always was scary. Maybe we weren't just so privy to it. Maybe yeah. we, it wasn't so transparent. Maybe we just didn't have as much information yeah. on just the sketchiness that happens. But that's also back then we didn't have so many lobbies. We didn't have we social didn't media have, to be able to see all of it right in front true. of us either. It's true. But we also didn't have the the ability for giant companies to just pay politicians a bunch of money to pass laws. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't have that access before. They didn't have that abilities. And if they did, it might have been like under the table and it might have been. Yeah. Did you know people. that um, I th- uh, Carnegie, um, Rockefeller and J.P. Morgan came together and bought a president? I believe it. It's crazy. Uh, William McKinley. They, they bought William McKinley because uh, Teddy Roosevelt wanted to make monopolies illegal. So mm-hmm. they're like, fuck that. We got to get our own president in office. And they paid this man. But he got assassinated. And guess who the, uh, guess who the vice president was? Teddy Roosevelt. And he <laughs> put the laws in place. <laughs> like, <laughs> so they was buying presidents back then. And it was always corrupt. But Absolutely. <laughs> it, it's just a level of now it's more open, right? You right now, get exactly. To see, sure, some of it's conspiratory. But obviously, you, there's more information than ever. For there's sure. more understanding of just how... <clears throat> It's more out in the open. 
because mm-hmm. it's allowed to, which is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. But it goes, I mean, just think about how like scary 2008 was, and mm-hmm. the, the whole global eco- economic crash. Yeah. It was literally just due to dudes just running rampant. It was just literally people in high positions in stock or in banking yeah. just selling bad loans. Yeah. But it junk loans, right? It, it was trickled down. Or like it was going through every facet, right? Right. It was going through every small lender and every even big lenders. But it was going through all lenders. Yeah. Just giving out loans because there was no regulation. You mm-hmm. can just give out a loan to anybody, right? Exactly. You don't give a fuck if someone can pay this back. And then oh, let's bundle all these loans together. We bundle, know they're yeah. fucked. Let's get someone to rate them really well, right? Well, let's get someone to say, oh, these are great assets. You're going to make tons of money over time on this. Mm-hmm. Just buy them, right? We, the American financial system literally bankrupted a country. We bankrupted, right. I think it was Greenland. It was Greenland or Iceland. I get both those countries confused because they're both like <laughs> weird islands. But we bankrupted a country because we sold them bad loans that were like supposedly great investment properties. How jacked is that? That's so crazy. And the fact that like so little happened because of it, mm-hmm. it was almost inconsequential to the global economy yeah. over time. Like sure, it was a big deal and a big event and a lot of people lost a ton of money, but like mm-hmm. nothing happened, right? Like mm-hmm. if this was like the 1400s, those people were getting their heads lopped off in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> Most of those people got bonuses and shit. People worked at like JP Morgan and Chase. Yeah. People worked at like Bank of America and all those mm-hmm. other Bears and Stearns and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those dudes got bonuses. Yeah. Like, that That's... That is insane. That is just the corrupt. Corruption is the biggest problem yeah. in America. Capitalism, sure, it's got its inherent fuckness. Yeah. America has its inherent fuckness as well, just due to like years of well, we had slavery, we had uh, colonialism, we have all these different problems in America's past and history. And capitalism has been a big proponent of all those, mm-hmm. so it's naturally exploitative. But the biggest problem is the corruption. I mean. Sh- I shouldn't say that, actually. I'm not sure. But corruption is one of the biggest deals because those things continue because of corruption. Those things are allowed to happen. People yeah. who have money and control are allowed to continue those negative processes yeah. because of corruption. For sure. Yeah. And I, just, I, I'm, and I don't know, man. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I always see the glass half full. I just mm-hmm. kind of got an optimistic view about it because I just love to compare now with then. And if mm-hmm. we go back 100 years ago, shit was more fucked up for real. Like on a social level like oh, well, me yeah. just being black walking down yeah. the street was a problem sure. 100 years ago for sure um and couldn't go in the same bathrooms and things you know Absolutely. so and then 100 years before that even worse mm-hmm. so it's like life progresses and you know evolution involves things but like it's it's not when we want it to be exactly but it has a, it has a general direction that yeah. is headed if you kind of look at it you know it, it's fair to look at it optimistically because if you go through your life thinking everything's half empty you're going to be fucked in the long run. You're just going to be like mentally jacked. But there's also something to be said for that optimism is good, mm-hmm. but settling is not. And the exactly. status quo isn't something we should be used to. Mm-hmm. We should not ever settle for those ideas that, A, it's better, so we should be happy. No, we shouldn't. Okay. We should never be happy right. because there's always – I shouldn't say that. We should never be happy. We should never be happy with the way things are because we can always strive for better. Mm-hmm. We can always improve. Things mm-hmm. can always get better, especially mm-hmm. on the social justice tip. Yeah. Especially on that aspect. Like, sure, yeah, you guys aren't slaves anymore. But <laughs> right. 
But that doesn't mean you guys don't face injustices on a daily basis. Exactly. That doesn't mean like much like we said earlier with the ethnic names. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that's okay. And the fact that African Americans have the highest incarceration rates on the planet. Bro, that's that's a whole other podcast in and of itself. <laughs> like, just even thinking about that. Right. When people don't even, it still blows my mind that we can still have conversations and you can still have conversations with even just people in your office that you yeah. wouldn't think that they would have those like negative views, but you, they'd still be like. Why is he kneeling for the national anthem? He should stand. It's like, mm-hmm. dog, that's his right as an American. Exactly. Like you he, forget. Like <laughs> if you are in the armed forces and you don't support that man, what did you really fight for? Mm-hmm. You didn't fight for the Constitution. You didn't fight for those things because yeah. the Constitution grants him the right to do that. The for Constitution sure. gives him the ability to stand up for what he believes in. That's right. And it's not like he's doing it in a negative manner. It's not like he's bucking down cops in Philadelphia exactly. like that one dude. Exactly. What he's doing is he's doing it in a very, very quiet, very mild manner. Very He's mild. doing it in an important manner. Those kinds of things are necessary. Mm-hmm. There has to be people who will stand up. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind that someone can... <laughs> Colin Kaepernick was a very important person. Yeah. He's a very rich man. He made a lot of money. Yeah. He stood to lose a lot. Yeah. He, and he obviously lost a lot. Of it. For sure. Those kinds of things are important. Mm-hmm. Even though people just think it's just like he's just a football player. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things are important. But to go back to what I was saying a little earlier, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, I'm bl- mind blown on a daily basis at how much I run into just people being salty at things like that. Yeah. For, for people standing up for what they believe in because they don't understand it. Yeah. You, you just simply don't understand the social justice aspect. That's why it's never okay to be satisfied. Right. Because at the end of the day, sure, we're not where we were. Mm-hmm. And sure, maybe, like, yeah, I grew up poor and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, I didn't go through the Great Depression, so I should yeah, be happy. I no, yeah, I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't be happy. Or the Black Plague. We didn't have exactly. to that shit. No, that doesn't – it's okay to be – it's okay. It's not okay to be satisfied with those things. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing I think millennials can take mm-hmm. going forward is that – there's still a lot of work to be done, man. We can always get better. The status quo is the wackest shit ever because <laughs> it just is. It is. And that's maybe maybe that's why I'm so crazy. But I just hate the fact that. It's what you believe. Yeah. I, I don't believe in ever settling. I don't. Okay. I just don't. And, and not to cut you off, but this reminds me of actually a tweet I put out the other day. I said that life is like a horizon, right? What happens when you get to the horizon? It's just more horizon. Like, that bitch. Like, was like, <laughs> well, we live in a flat earth. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, yo, go ahead and try. Go ahead. Look for the edge. I want you to find the edge. Go, go right. Go, go right. Go try. You're going to be walking around this bitch a long time. Why? So it, so when you say like, um, you know, like never settle, it just kind of reminds me dude, like, because it's a horizon anyways. You, we're never going to. The fact that you have a life, it's over. You're always going to be striving yeah, for more life. Exactly. People, people always tell you, like, you should be happy that you're not, like, in, like, some place that sucks. You should be happy, you know, you're in America where you have those. Right? It's like, yeah, I, sh- I am happy. I'm stoked. Dude. <laughs> I'm grateful. I, I love the fact that, like, like, shit is lit. Like, I love the fact that I can come to work every day and I can make a decent money and I don't have to, like, worry about dying from, like, <laughs> from, like starving, right? Type sure. Well, what I'm not happy with, though, is the fact that, there are people out there starving. Yeah. And there are people out there who are just having injustices against him. That doesn't mean, obviously, I'm going to, like, do a hunger strike. That's not me, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody contributes in their own manner. But I think it's important to make sure that we don't look down upon people for fighting for the right things. Mm-hmm. 
especially in that aspect because you you see it all the time you see people getting butt hurt especially around things that involve like police and things that involve yeah you know military things that involve the flag things that involve things that involve you know the national anthem mm-hmm. those sorts of things those things are very touchy for a certain it is people. people get real sensitive people about that type of stuff very not happy about that that's the only way i can put it yeah however nothing there's obviously a line to everything right mm-hmm. we obviously know there's certain things you can't do and say but at the end of the day you have to take risks and you have to stand up boldly sometimes mm-hmm. right you have to stand up boldly to make changes for sure you you're never gonna you're never gonna accomplish anything unless you take a risk. For we sure. talked about that, me and the buddy with the with the loan thing. You're never gonna accomplish anything when, when you're taking risks. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's great that we see people doing like that, but it still blows my mind that we still see so much backlash over things like that when clearly what he's doing is fighting for something that's important. It's not like he's fighting for something ignorant. He's fighting yeah. for people not getting killed by police officers exactly. it's as simple as that really simple it's super simple it's super simple when when it's and how can you not look at a statistic that's disproportionately to one sect of people right mm-hmm. obviously it's pretty blatantly obvious just like the thing you said with african americans being incarcerated at a much higher rate yeah. it's like how can you deny that people yeah. still find a way to think oh well you know black people have just as many rights as me it's like mm-hmm. dog like like I'm a white dude. I've been a white dude 31 years of my life. And I think it's important to realize that that I have I obviously understand my privilege in yeah, society, right? Sure. I'm a straight white male. Right. Like I get it, bro. Right. I got I hit the jackpot <laughs> of social capital. Wow. Like I'm just it's great. I don't get I don't have a lot of the problems mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe people of different sexualities do, maybe people yeah, of different, yeah, you know, yeah. skin tones do. So I don't have those problems. But mm-hmm. I think what's important is that it's important to speak up when you see those things. It's mm-hmm. important to to identify and understand why those people are going through because otherwise education is just how – or uneducation, like people are uneducated yeah. about those topics. That's how it keeps continuing, mm-hmm. right? We were talking about it the other day, me and Mario. He, he was saying something to the effect of when you see a lot of people in the South who are very like racist and mm-hmm. you don't like you know, different sorts of people – you, it's because they grew up in that, right? Both mm-hmm. their families and they grew up in areas where they're just, it's all white dudes. Yeah. They don't see, it's hard to, it's really hard to hate somebody yeah. when they're your best friend. Yeah, exactly. When you grow up around different sorts of people and you get involved in different sorts of cultures, mm-hmm. it's hard to be mad at people when you have those experiences. Exactly. Like how can you be mad at like Arabic people when like you grew up in Dearborn, mm-hmm. right? Like you grew up in Dearborn, you grew up around them around, your entire life. Exactly. You experienced that culture inadvertently, indirectly through mm-hmm. just by being you know mutually around. And I grew up with a gay brother, yeah, which made life so much easier for me because you understand that perspective. <laughs> right. You right. understand that you can never hate a gay person. Exactly. You can never hate somebody who has those feelings because mm-hmm. you love your brother. Absolutely, that's your blood. You mm-hmm. do anything for that person, mm-hmm. and so. How could you ever feel that way? Exactly. You, you have that experience. Yep. I mean, sure, there are people who are pieces of shit. In order to of like, course. <laughs> but but it's, it's a lot easier to understand those, sum, those subjects when you're involved in that culture. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, it also blows my mind when people are like, they get so salty about inclusion and they get so salty about, you know, having more involvement of different cultures in the yeah. workplace and things of that nature. Yeah. Like, I, I overheard one of my buddies, which it's unfortunate that I, he's my buddy now because I hear this <laughs> shit, but... 
it was we got a work email it was for like a women's conference right mm-hmm. he's like when's the men's conference it's like <laughs> fuck dude <laughs> fuck dude like, like yeah like yeah dude like it's not like almost every company ever is owned by a dude like every right. almost every company is owned by a man like right. how can you not let people have those moments how can yeah, you not let them moments. have it's like, just a moment right it's not like they're purposely excluding you right it's not like right. uh we hate men we're gonna have this conference it's like no these are these are moments to empower these people exactly to empower these women to to help them grow and help them build because obviously women oh. are marginalized in our country exactly for a myriad of reasons but they are marginalized same with different sorts of sex of people so it's important that we have those things. And I still, I, it, even in such a like very open and inclusive environment that we work in now, people still say shit like that. And not to cut you off, because I, like I, you said earlier that you hit the, um, you hit the jackpot, right? Oh, I was sure. watching an interview with uh, Warren Buffett, Jay-Z, and Steve Forbes. Did you see that one? No. Man, they all sitting in a restaurant having dinner. And, you know, uh, Warren Buffett admitted, he's like, look, I got lucky. First of all, I'm white. I was born in America, and I'm not a woman. He was yeah. like, I'm absolutely lucky. I'm Jackpot. tremendously lucky. <laughs> so, like, it's, like you said, it's important to have those conversations and just bring that to the light. It, it's, it's pivotal. It's pivotal. That's why it's important that every school, every, especially you have to start those kids young. Because mm-hmm. when you're a child, you don't have those thoughts. Those yeah. things are programmed into programmed, you. Right. You don't, racism isn't just something you're born with. Right. You're not just born like, I hate black people. Yeah, that just you. doesn't happen. Yeah. That is a learned trait mm-hmm. that you learn from people around you. Mm-hmm. And that is just something that is ingrained into you sure. negatively. That's why it's important to have those like different sorts of inclusivities, especially in schools and yeah. definitely, especially in workplaces later on. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you're just going to keep breeding that. You're just going to keep breeding that like that Trumpism. Yeah. That just that hatred, that negativity. Yeah. Like, it's just not necessary. It's pretty important. Man. I know we segue from business into. Oh, man, yeah. it's good because I, I feel like, you know, all these topics kind of like they kind of go like, you know, hand in hand almost 100%. economics, business. Um, Everything's connected. right? For sure. Right. You know, I, and I often talk about like, you know, the fact that spirituality is important as well. Like mm-hmm. it's not a part of like the general conversation. For sure. But like when you bring up topics like faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and what you absolutely believe in. I absolutely believe that anything that you can think is too late. It can already be done. It's just a matter of uh, putting personal action. <laughs> it's too late. Like, it's just a matter of putting personal action behind that thought to supplement that thought and manifest what you're thinking. You know what I mean? Everything in my life, bro, or everything that we can look around and lay our eyes on was just once a thought at first. Right. Because thought is the father of all creation. Yeah. But that's strictly spiritual. And if it's one thing I know that all businessmen had the experience it's, it's 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 the adversity it's the obstacles you know what i mean when the moments where you're not sure anymore you have to have that level of faith robert kiyosaki talked about it in rich dad poor dad it's a, a certain level of faith where you just you know it's going to work out just in, within your heart of hearts and i don't i haven't met anybody successful who didn't mention that that they be, absolutely believe that they were going to be successful so that's why that's why i believe you know business and spirituality is mm-hmm. so intertwined you know because you have to believe this this vision is even possible for yeah, you to for you know sure. what I'm I mean, do what you're doing that's something i wish i could get better that's something as i go forward and trying to be successful in any facet of doing i need to get better at having that personal belief mm-hmm. because sometimes i feel like i have it inadvertently or uh, subconsciously mm-hmm. that I just react and I just do it that I have those power well, not powers but I have that ability to just do something yeah. as opposed to if I think about it I'll just doubt or I'll have that second guessing or I'll mm-hmm. think about it too much 
Mm-hmm. So I think things like that are like really actually impactful and important to think about. Super sure. impactful. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Wallace Waddles? No, but that's a cool ass name. <laughs> Wallace <laughs> Waddles, man, he actually wrote a book in 1901. Right. This book is called The Science of Getting Rich. And um, in this book, he just goes into depth that everything in it, everything he mentioned in his book stems from the Hindu uh, belief that everything is one. All is one. Everything that you see is created from one, one entity. Right. And what he believes that entity is thought. Thought had had this, you know, it, it has to forego everything else. And as weird as that is to really think about it, you know, when you get too deep into it. You can start to just kind of like just look at your own life for what it is. I think actually Einstein even brought it up, you know, when he first learned about um, the laws of attraction. Right. What you think about, Mm -hmm. you bring about. Um, He actually denied that at first until like he started realizing it was happening in his own life. And he actually had to, you know, he had to talk about it. Um, As a matter of fact, we mentioned Carnegie earlier. Um, Carnegie hired uh, a writer named Napoleon Hill. If you ever heard that name, mm-hmm. um, he wrote uh, he wrote Think and Grow Rich, yeah, which is I've definitely seen that book. That book is is still to this day responsible for producing the most millionaires than not any other book. I'm about to go buy that book. Think and Grow Rich. That's the name of the book. And, but what's more fascinating is how the book came into existence. Um, so Carnegie, after he got old and was done battling J.P. Morgan and sold his company, he wanted to give back. He wanted to teach the laws of success. Mm-hmm. So he hired a young writer, 20 year old Andrew Carnegie. I mean, Napoleon Hill. And he said, um, if I take you under my wing and promise you that in 20 years, you'll be wildly successful. But in that 20 years, you wouldn't have no material compensation. Would you do it? And he did it. He said, hell yeah. He said they spent the next three days together. That's 72 hours they spent together after that. But he basically funded for Napoleon Hill to be able to travel the world. He paid for him to travel the world and talk to the richest people on the planet and just get their philosophy about life. It took him 20 years to do that. When the journey was over and he concluded all this data, he he realized that these people disagreed on many different topics, thousands of topics they disagreed Mm -hmm. on. But he said there was one thing that they all unanimously agreed on. And that one thing is what you think about, you bring about. Nobody could deny that. So there's something here. There's some type of evidence here that once it's there, bro, it, it can be here. You know what I'm saying? It could be made manifest, basically. Sure. So, yeah, man, I definitely recommend checking that book out. That's <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so um, the last thing I wanted to hit on, bro, is just like um, just the power of uh, just content. Um, because, you know, like you said, uh, you don't think you should ever be satisfied with the way things are. It could always be better. Well, no, what I'm so grateful about right now, the way things are, is the fact that now that we have the internet and smartphones i think smartphones is even the playing field for humanity Mm -hmm. because i can put a message out and anybody in the world can find that message there's no middleman now Mm -hmm. for my message yeah and um i witnessed the power of that when i put out a youtube video back in 2017 Mm -hmm. i was just talking about forex just for a minute and um nothing happened for uh 24 months after that but two years later a couple from new york found my video and hit me up and asked me if i could train them on forex that was just the power of putting out content two years ago. Mm-hmm. And just to go even deeper on how like content is powerful over time. Uh, Alan Watts, who was a, a philosopher back in the 1950s, he lived in California, but he was from Britain. Um, very, very intellectual guy. But um, he used to speak for a small group of people in L.A. back in the 50s. 
and just talk about his topics of life and things like that. And he used to turn his tape recorder on. Now, he maybe spoke for maybe like 20, 30 people at a time, but he died in the 70s. If you type in Alan Watts' name right now on YouTube, his podcasts are getting millions and millions and millions of views. It's impacting more people than ever than from mm-hmm. when this guy was alive. So my thing is content is evergreen. It, it's, it'll always be here mm-hmm. and it'll impact long after you're gone. And I think that that alone is so powerful. The fact that this is live right now and somebody's going to hear this 10 years from now and maybe get some value from it from whatever we spoke about. Sure. I think that is just amazing dude for sure as long as you're not as long as you're not like copying something directly right so Mm -hmm. obviously if i go and try to do like what's the biggest podcast the joe rogan podcast joe rogan the biggest podcast so if i went and copied his like his basically his format like Mm -hmm. i'm just like i'm just gonna be this ufc guy smoking (laughs) weed (laughs) shit like it when maybe it's successful right but it doesn't have that impact right Mm -hmm. but i think if you put an earnest effort and you are a genuine human being yeah. and you put forth things that are interesting, thoughtful, and provocative, mm-hmm. yes, content doesn't have an age, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how many authors, how many, like you said, Alan Watts, think about how many yeah. people who are just genuinely brilliant human beings, yeah. but their music wasn't discovered right. or their, 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 yeah, their information wasn't written. discovered yeah. until later and people are like, wow, this is incredible. There's a really interesting band like that called Death. They were a band called Death. They were from Detroit. They were an all-black punk band. But they were a punk rock band before punk rock was really a thing. They were playing like offshoots of rock and roll. But it was really aggressive and different Mm -hmm. and mind-blowing at the time. But they only put out like one album and almost no one heard it. Almost no one knew because they were just just a band that played Mm -hmm. and they just didn't really do anything. They didn't get signed. They they just went their separate ways. Mm -hmm. Later on, people are just now discovering that, wow, like the the founders of a music that is largely dominated by like white dudes <laughs> was literally invented by some black guys from Detroit wow. that no one had ever heard of. Wow. And so just because it wasn't discovered mm-hmm. until like relatively recently and people did they did a documentary on it mm-hmm. and it's really interesting and yeah. people are now discovering that stuff. So just because maybe Maybe the there's tons of stuff out there like that. And mm-hmm. There's tons of content. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always important to also just keep searching, keep trying to find those things mm-hmm. because you never know what you're going to find. You'll you'll mm-hmm. never know that you won't find that diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. Content is so interesting in that way, especially on the internet because exactly. the internet is like that, right? Yeah, it's so vast and there's sheer infinite amounts of content. Infinite, <laughs> but. <laughs> It's just like meeting people, right? You can mm-hmm. just meet that part. You'll may never, you would never have met that person like if you went to China, right? Right. You go there and you happen to meet that person, and that person may be the most pivotal person in your life. That right. person might change your world. Right. Much like you may find a book that very few people have ever heard of, and mm-hmm. it only has a hundred copies, and it's mm-hmm. barely been published. But that book may contain just the message that you need to hear. Exactly. Maybe that book was only. Now I'm not a very fit. Like I'm not a very like faith per- based person. I don't. Yeah. I, I'm. That's not me. Right. But maybe that's just there for you. Mm-hmm. Ironically enough, that moment in mm-hmm. time was specifically there and purposefully there mm-hmm. so that you could discover it, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's why content is so awesome because you never know when you're going to find those things. Yeah. And by moments of chance, like you, those people wanted to be taught at 4x by you. Yeah. Those sorts of things are important. No matter how it's. 
like you stated earlier, it's important to focus on creating, doing, mm-hmm. and things things of importance mm-hmm. because you never know what's going to happen. You never know as long as you put forth the effort and the law of attraction to bring forth. Mm-hmm. It may not be the biggest return, right? Might but what did exactly. it really cost us, right? <laughs> right? We're sitting here. We're talking, we're bullshitting, we're having a fun time. Mm-hmm. And sure, wow, what is this going to cost me? Like an hour or two of my time. Right. But at the end of the day, was it really a waste? Right. It's not. Exactly. Because we're putting out content. And maybe someone hears this, mm-hmm. maybe thinks we're geniuses. Right. <laughs> and maybe they want to help us. Or maybe someone thinks I'm a fucking dumbass and they're going to write some comment and call me an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, what matters is that something came of this. And something exactly. came of this positive and the attempt and the intent that we did it with yeah you know and you also mentioned that um you know if you were to kind of do something similar to joe rogan you wouldn't want to kind of be seen as copying this came directly from paulo picasso one of arguably the greatest artists of all time he said that good artists borrow but great artists steal i say steal it because you can try your best to try to copy someone and you still won't do it like them because you can't be them and you can never be them you can only be yourself that's true and it's coming through your filter even if it's their message it's coming if through it's your genuine. filter if it's, genuine. it's genuine there you go there you go it's yeah. genuine because obviously like you can you can steal you could steal like let's say like i could steal somebody's music right mm-hmm. but if i sing it it's not going to be the same. It's going to be me. Yeah. Albeit that's probably not the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> but those things going forward, it's important because at the end of the day, you still gain something from mm-hmm. that. I think every experience at the end of the day is, is a positive one. Mm-hmm. It's hard to think like that sometimes, but no, it is. I believe that. I yeah. believe that. And that's because that's it's like nothing is actually happening to you. It's happening for you. That's yeah. kind of just my mindset for things. And at the end of the day, I don't believe in everything happens for a reason, right? Right. But... What does happen is that you've gained something from that, whether that mm-hmm. be some sort of knowledge, knowledge, some sort of benefit from like building a relationship with someone. Like, for example, no one may listen to this ever. Mm-hmm. No one, no one may like gain anything from this. Mm-hmm. But we have gained something today. We had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other better. Mm-hmm. And we're better for that. We're for better sure. people for that. Mm-hmm. We know each other now. We're we're better along the lines of friendship, right? Mm-hmm. That's valuable in and of itself. itself. Those experiences are valuable in and of itself. Exactly. I think it's important as we go forward as human beings in the grand scheme of things in this vast universe yeah. that we that we try to just look at things more like that. Those things can they may not pay monetary. Mm-hmm. They may not pay in dividends yeah. per se. But yeah. what they do pay off is in experiences and in forming different bonds and things of that nature. It's pretty it's a different way to look at it. This yeah, shit is blowing my mind. I think it's more bro. important in the long run. <laughs> I'm trying I'm thinking differently just because of this. Now. Wow. It's powerful, man. And um like I said, you never know. Like it's going to be here forever. I believe. I don't know what the future holds. A meteor could hit this. And that just goes back to the what makes me more grateful to be a human being because I know that it's only around 7.8 billion of us roughly, and that's not a lot. The reason why that's not a lot is because when I go out to dinner to eat and I order chicken wings, I don't just eat one wing. I eat about four or five wings. And if my brother is with me, he's going to get four or five wings. My cousin going to get four or five. So it's more than 7.8 billion chickens. It's more than 7.8 billion ants, right? <laughs> we are the only species that's not, it's not really that many of us. So one meteor, goodbye. <laughs> so I'm grateful because you're... They say you have a better chance of hitting a mega million lottery seven times in your lifetime than actually having a life. 
Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> there's like a statistical probability that this is going to be a slight segue as most things I talk about are, but there's like a statistical probability that the air we're breathing right now can turn into gold just due to scientific fact, right? Just due to molecules combining and things of that nature. Yeah. There's a literal chance yeah. that a small speck of gold could be created from the air we have right here. Wow. So with that being said, human life in and of itself is just a crazy mathematical equation that it shouldn't have realistically shouldn't have happened. never happened in the right? first place. I mean, <laughs> anything's kind of like that because yeah. everything is so chance-based and so yeah. random, uh-huh. right? Just our existence alone yeah. is insane because as we've seen so far, we haven't seen another intelligent life species in this universe. We yeah. haven't seen it. We might not ever. That doesn't mean it's not out there because the universe is so infinite, but just think about that in and of itself. All the planets we've seen, all mm-hmm. the things we've observed, mm-hmm. we've never seen intelligent life anywhere else. Ever. ever. And they always talk about UFOs. I feel like um, I feel like <laughs> Neil Tyson, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said, he, he said, look. hot water for some shit he said. Like, yo, yeah, he did, though. <laughs> he was like, look, if, if UFOs are real, like, why they can't just land a damn thing at Times Square so we can all see it and snap it in Instagram? Why well, it's always in some like remote location in a farmer's backyard and shit where nobody been the last five years? Like they were drinking too much of that moonshine. And they seen some shit. <laughs> you know. But some man, shit. I definitely appreciate your time, Lee. Man, last question here: If it was your last day on Earth, what would be your last meal? Last meal? Mm-hmm. Shit. We were kind of talking about this earlier. <laughs> uh, Chicken wings, I can't decide from where. So I'll just say something basic like Buffalo Wild Wings. It would be specifically the Caribbean jerk. I would have chicken wings from both there and Sweetwater. Okay. But I would have the Caribbean jerk from uh, B-Dubs and uh, some Sweetwater boys. And then Checkers Fries, bro, or Rallies, whatever you want to fucking call it. Because I could eat a trillion of those things. And that would be my last meal on it. If I had to choose, that would be it. If I, you put me on death row, that's what I'm ordering. All right. Hey, some people say, look, I don't even know if I have an appetite if I know it's my last day. <laughs> Shit. I'm going all out if I have to. If, I, if it's my last meal, I'm enjoying it. That's what's up, my baby. <laughs>